Welcome back to another episode of Ecumenical. My name is Peter Holm, and today we are going to talk about the things never to do in Mass. Three of them, to be specific. Before we get started, I want to say uh, thank you for tuning in and watching the channel. Make sure if this video helps, smash that like button. Also, if this content and the, the other stuff that's on the channel works for you, you like it, you want to share it, you want to tell everyone else about it, make sure to subscribe and get this video out there to whoever you can so that all of us can learn and become better Catholics. That's the whole point. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. And, uh, yeah, without further ado, the Mass, right? It's a really big deal. So, and I know that's, I, the words aren't sufficient. I have not enough to describe the Mass, to give you the detail in the Mass. And there are books upon books upon books and thousands of years of history, 2,000, that build in to this Mass and what it is, right? What is it? Why is it a big deal? Because you're looking at God the Son incarnating the bread and wine by the power of the Holy Spirit and then offering the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. And God allows us to be at this Mass. He mandates us. It's so important for us to be there, what we get out of it. We have to be there every Sunday and every holy day of obligation, right? Okay, so it's really, really important. And this is one of the reasons why in the past you're talking about people dressing up for this. It's a big occasion. It takes a long time. Everyone kind of gives a weird kind of head cocked like, hey, why do Catholic weddings take so long? Because they're a big deal. You add the mass and all of the ceremony and the pomp and the circumstance. And you're talking about the sacraments. Oh, it's great, right? Now, here's the thing, though. We have an obligation in attending that mass to preserve the reverence that is a custom, I should say, due to our Lord, right? In addition to that, the focus <laughs> needs to remain. We need to think like, hey, God, right? He's the focus, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We're there for him. We're there to experience all of that, to become part of him. That's what the Eucharist is, right? It's a big deal. We're joining ourselves to his body, blood, soul, and divinity. And if we've done it worthily, if we've taken everything into consideration, we thought about this, that's a really big responsibility and God's giving us that obligation, okay? So the weight, when you look at this in terms of how many angels are watching what's going on in that room, the throne room of God who sits on that altar, we have to go through a whole series of rituals to make sure we do what he asked us to do so that that sacrifice is valid, right? Okay, great. So here's the problem. In the late 1960s, a bunch of changes started to happen to the liturgy. The liturgy shifted in a way which made it less reverent, less focused on God, and more focused on us. And that's not good. That's not a good thing at all. What were some of the things that happened? Well, I'm going to go over three of them today that I'm going to say, hey, um, these are not actually written into the changes, number one, okay? And number two, as a result, this means you don't need to do them. You don't need to participate in them. And I understand it may be difficult if you stop doing it, if you're one of the people who does it, or you want to help other people find the tools necessary to avoid it. We're going to hit those up today. So without further ado, number one, do not do the Iran's pose in the Our Father or at any point during the Mass. That pose is reserved for priests offering the sacrifice to God. All right. And when we look at Canon 907, it reads as follows. In the Eucharistic celebration, deacons and laypersons are not permitted to offer prayers, especially the Eucharistic prayer, or to perform actions which are proper to the celebrating priest. So like I just said, right, the priest makes that pose. We do not, and we are not supposed to emulate him in that fashion. 
some of these things are required for the priest to do. And us on the laity side, we have our own requirements. But emulating the priest in that fashion, that is a big no-no, don't do it. That also then becomes a form of sin if we do it. So just let's avoid it. Now, we can build on that. That's not the only document that talks about it. So when we look at the instruction on certain questions regarding the collaboration of the non-ordained faithful in the sacred ministry of priests, and this is published by the Vatican in 1997, it reads as follows. In Eucharistic celebrations, deacons and non-ordained members of the faithful may not pronounce prayers, especially the Eucharistic prayer with its concluding doxology or any other parts of the liturgy reserved to the celebrant priest. Neither may deacons or non-ordained members of the faithful use gestures or actions which are proper to the same priest celebrant. It is a grave abuse for any member of the non-ordained faithful to quasi-preside at the Mass while leaving only that minimal participation to the priest which is necessary to secure validity. Okay, long words. It repeats Canon 907. What's the point? Don't copy the priest with that hand pose. Okay, that is not our that's not our job. We have to follow along with the Mass the way it was given to us and try to do that in a traditional way. Now, I'm going to change it up with another question here on the same topic in terms of how we hold our hands. Now, I'm going to ask you sincerely, and you ponder this, think about it for a moment. Would you go to Mass, or anywhere for that matter, dressed up like a priest? So put on the collar and the black and everything else. Would you do that? No, because it's irreverent. It's mocking something that's holy. It's taking away that ordination that he received to do his work. And that's not our place, right? We know we don't emulate a priest like that. Okay? In that same vein, then, perhaps we also should not emulate him when he does his work up there on the altar with how he places his hands, right? Okay. This leads in to the second issue here of the things never to do in Mass. So we said no Iran's pose. Second, do not hold hands during the Our Father prayer. Ah, why? The Mass is not about us. As I said at the very opening of this video, the Mass is about God. And it's His commandments, His traditions, and in the end, it is going to be celebrated in that room, even if no layperson shows up. That priest can celebrate that Mass alone, all by himself, because God wants it that much. And that will happen. Now, when we shift and we no longer do what we're supposed to do, and we're focusing on each other, the Mass is now starting to lose the value that it should have, we're not giving it the proper focus because we're sitting there holding each other's hands and trying to figure out, hey, let's, how do I move when all these things are happening? And it just, it's weird. So we should not do that under any circumstances because our goal is to focus on God. Now, <laughs> I've now told you two things, no Iran's pose, no holding hands during the Our Father. That's just not done. That was never done. That is something that we've only done in the past 40 years. And it's a bad innovation because it takes away the focus from God, for whom the Mass, that's that's his thing. He's receiving the sacrifice. He's offering the sacrifice. He's creating the sacrifice. And we're supposed to be in union with him to share that. And for us to go and turn it into some little party where we're all trying to hold hands and we're all trying to go and act like a priest or whatever, that's not a good thing for us to do if God really is the focus. Now, 
what do you do with your hands then? I don't know what to do with my hands. Well, here, <laughs> we have actually guidance on what to do about it, right? So the germ itself does not tell about what lay persons are supposed to do with their hands, the general instruction of the Roman Missal. It does tell what priests are supposed to do with their hands. In the same vein, when we look at the traditional Latin mass or the Eastern liturgies, we have instructions written in there for priests about what they're supposed to do with their hands, but nothing about what the lay persons are supposed to do. Now, here's an interesting addition here, though. If we look at the ceremony of the bishops, this is first published in 1600 following the Council of Trent. Um, it has been updated multiple times. So the latest one, I believe, was 1984 was that revision. And from that 1984 revision of the ceremony of bishops in section 107, we read the following. The laity and ministers keep their hands clasped together when they proceed or stand, unless they have something to bring. So you do it like this. Cross your thumbs like so. You put your hands together. Why? Because we now know that for some significant period of time, if not the entire history of the church, this is what you do to pray. Now, we do not know the origin of this posture and why folding our hands in this way is done. We have certain stories that talk about it coming from the Romans and others from medieval periods, but the whole point being is that when our hands are like this, the subject's hands are like this. This is the person who is taking a knee before the people who are superior to them, which would be the Lord, or in the case of the mass, the priest is also there doing this or this, right? Our hands are ready so that the Lord can clasp his hands around ours. We are offering our hands to God in this, in this our symbol to him. So, Hopefully that helps, right? Two things, no arons, no holding hands. Fold your hands, we got that, right? Three, do not participate in the sign of peace. The sign of peace where everyone shakes hands and pats each other on the back and says, peace be with you and all this other stuff, that has never been written into any instruction of any missile to instruct us how to behave in the mass during the ritual of the sacrifice that is going from God the Son to God the Father. That is not a thing that has ever been until the past 40 years. Again, taking the mass focus away from God and putting it back onto us. The wrong place for the focus to be for any of us when we're in that ceremony, that sacrifice of the mass. Now, why is this a big deal? Because if you look at the ancient liturgy, in the ancient liturgy, the priest approaches the altar with a lot of gravity, very thoughtfully, reflectively understanding how messed up the priest is. He's sitting there and saying, I am not even worthy to be here. What does he say? In the traditional liturgy, the priest says, judge me, O God, and distinguish my cause from the nation which is not holy. Deliver me from the unjust and deceitful man. The response to that, for thou, O God, art my strength. Why hast thou cast me off? And why go I sorrowful whilst the enemy afflicteth me? Now, when we combine that, with the confidior, so when we're sitting there saying, I confess my sins, that I've done all these grave ills, and it's my fault, my grievous fault. Why are we doing that? Because we're not even worthy to be in that room. But he says, you will be here, and you will work on purifying yourself. You will show up in the proper attire, and you will express the proper decorum in the space that is this sanctuary while this mass goes on. Because our God is a religious God, and he does feel very strongly about how this whole thing is supposed to be done. And if we don't believe that, then that means we're not paying attention to what Exodus tells us 
and Leviticus and Numbers as they're talking about how the sacrifice went in the Old Testament before we even look at the New Testament and all of the different details that go into offering that sacrifice of the Son to the Father, right? It's huge, the amount of focus we're supposed to be giving. Now, when the Levites offered that sacrifice, all right, these Levites, the first people offering sacrifice to God according to the commandments given by God through Moses, this is the prefigurement of what the Catholic sacrifice of the Mass was going to be. Those Levites themselves, before they went into the temple to offer sacrifice, they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God Almighty was willing to judge harshly those people who turned against him. Why is this? Because they watched everything that happened to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. They watched what happened in the desert. And what did the Levites get told to do by God himself? He told them after the idolatry with the golden calf, he told the Levites they were supposed to actually do God's bidding and execute all of the leaders who committed the idolatry. And they killed 3,000 that day. And that's Exodus 32, 28. So the guys who offered them the sacrifice, so not the mass yet, but the first sacrifices on the altar, the burnt offerings done according to the instructions Moses has given them, that was all done by men who had watched God exact justice on those people who were unworthy. Now, in the same vein, after Christ's sacrifice, the gravity of God is still there and it didn't change, right? So that means these priests have an obligation to go in with the same reflection of saying, God can strike down any one of us at any moment. Why are we sitting here yakking it up and playing when this is something that's very serious? So now think for a moment with that in mind, if you're in the presence of an almighty judge who holds in his hands power of life and death over you, and you're waiting for his verdict, as you're thinking about this in his presence, and even though he cares deeply about you, he did tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And in the end, you know, you've come to him and you've already told him at the beginning, I confess I've done all these sins and they're really bad. Are you going to sit there and laugh it up around him and be like, ah, it's so funny, nice to see you, woo, ha, 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 ha. Are you going to talk really loud and shout to people across the way? Are you going to shake hands with people and pat each other on the back and be like, yeah, it's cool. I know he's, he's up there. He could judge me right in this very instant. Um... All while that judge silently just stares at you, waiting to announce the verdict. Because he already knows what he's going to do to you. Are you ready to take that and you're going to go and be all like, woo, it's just a party up here. Knowing that there's possibly people that are around you that are going to get judged poorly. You could get judged poorly. We don't know our fate, right? We don't want to be presumptive in terms of what our end state is, right? There are many things where we could fall and go, could go really bad. Do you want to go and play around in front of him right before he gives the verdict? Are you willing to take that risk? Does that seem foolish in that site, in, in that perspective? Because if it does, then we have to go sit there and say, all right, maybe we shouldn't go and do a sign of peace. Maybe we should just focus on God. And then that weird innovation, which means something new that was added, maybe we shouldn't go with that innovation anymore. Maybe we should just stop. Um, if you're thinking along those lines, good. That's where this mask comes from. That's what we need to have in our minds as we think about God and his magnificence, his power, glory, divinity, everything he has over us. We need to have that in our minds all the time. Okay. So if we were given commandments that were from God, and whether it's through the scriptures or through the traditions or the, the prelates that are given lawfully, any of those instructions, we need to obey them. And that means do not copy the priest. Okay. Don't hold hands. It's not about us. 
and do not go into a sign of peace which detracts from the solemnity of the occasion which is the offering of the son to the father divinity is being transferred body blood soul and divinity we are about to partake in we should be reflecting on that sacrament we are about to do as opposed to focusing on each other and the fleshly and the natural you think maybe all right so don't do either of those three things and i think we're all good now did that help you if there are issues, comments, let's bring them, all right? Put your comments down below. Happy to provide any more details out there in terms of if you have questions or where I found the references, et cetera, et cetera. I can get more for you. We'll go from there. Um, I thank you for participating and listening to this. If you like the video, smash that like button. Uh, share the video out there to whoever you can. I appreciate you getting the word out. And otherwise, until next time, as always, may God bless us and the Virgin protect us. And as always, St. Joseph, pray for us. All right, see you later.